This speedcast is brought to you by AF1 Racing of Austin, Texas. The best Italian motorcycles and scooters. AF1RacingAustin.com This week on the Speed City Bike Show, I talked to two of the most important men in making Moto America. From the business end, Richard Varner. And from the racing end, three-time world champion Wayne Rainey. Talking of world champions, I also speak to our good buddy Colin Edwards. Colin's got plenty of opinions on what's going on in Moto America, and he also gives us his take on the biggest controversial finish to a race in MotoGP this year. Marquez versus Rossi, the last corner. Whose fault was it? Well, we talked to Colin about it, and if anybody should know about the last corner at Assen, it's Colin Edwards. Think back to 2006 when he and Hayden came together on that very same corner. We start, though, with the man who's done so well in Superstock, Josh Day getting the double win in Superstock, while Josh Hayes took the double win in Superbike. Hayes now leads the championship by four points over Cameron Bobier, and in Superstock, Josh Day is getting ever closer to Jake Gagne, as is Taylor Knapp and Sheridan Marias. I spoke to Josh Day straight after his two victories in Superstock. Okay, Speed City fans, I'm here with Josh Day, who's had the perfect day in many ways. Uh, two wins in Superstock. Well done. Yeah, it was definitely a, a big turning point for us here at Miller this weekend. And uh, just getting that front end feel, it's amazing the difference that it made for us. And I can't thank the whole Yamalube Westby Racing Broster Chicken team and enough for everything they've done for me and just always sticking there, waiting it through. And we've finally got to that point, so hopefully we can keep this momentum going for the rest of the year. I was going to say, talking of momentum, if you, being the rider that you are and the analyst that you are, what next part of the package are you looking to change? To, uh, I guess just speed still, because that, that was really what I was most happy about with the first race was just the speed that we have. I know Gagne ended up going out with a mechanical in the race, but it was the point of it being able to chase him down and then pass him and then he have the mechanical behind us. That was that was the part that I was more happy about. I didn't really care what happened in the second race because I knew we'd finally found that speed to make everything better. How are you enjoying racing at home? Obviously, you've raced around the world for the last few years, but it's uh, looking like it's working out. Yeah, it's definitely good. I mean, travel is a lot easier, and calling back everybody at home is a lot easier, too, and uh, at least I still get to see you this year. There you go. <laughs> Can't be bad. Hey, listen, we'll see you at Laguna Seca. Well done again today. All right, thanks a lot. I just want to thank Arai Helmets, RS Tashi Leathers, and CD Boots. No problem. Okay, Speed City fans, um, kind of getting a bit of a half-term report on uh, Moto America. I've got the two men that uh, uh, I'm pretty much responsible for getting it together, Richard Varner and uh, Wayne Rainey. Um, first of all, Richard, obviously, you know, what I liked about seeing you here during the season is that you've been literally ever-present, so you've, you've watched everything come together. How are you feeling about what you've seen so far? Well, actually, I feel quite good. This thing started in September. And the effort required to bring it to this point, I think, has been enormous. But it's been really gratifying to see. And I think it's a testament to teamwork, um, not from my standpoint, but the people that Wayne and Chuck and, and uh, Nicole and some of the other people brought in here have just been fantastic. They're all very experienced and very good at what they do. And it made this thing about as seamless as it could be, given the short period of time we had to start it up. Obviously, with any business, and you are a businessman, it's all about bottom lines and making money and trying to put money into it and make it profitable. Do you see the signs that, that, that are showing you that this could be a business that we can take forward? Yes, it does. Uh, the first year has been about stabilizing the racing, getting the racing uh, correct. Uh, next year will be about promoting the events a different way. But the critical aspects we felt that we needed this year were television, uh, which we're trying to improve on every week, uh, uh, consolidation of the rules, and uh, showing people a vision and a strategy for what we're trying to do. 
And I think from what we've seen and what we're hearing and from what the marketplace is telling us, the sponsorships and that sort of thing, we've built the value that we want to this first year. And then next year we feel like we'll have a very good opportunity to show real financial progress. And with two good years in under, under our belts, I think that we've gotten our product right, we've shown that the model works, and I think after that we should have a, a, a great outlook. All right. And Wayne Rainey, you, you know, obviously we spoke pre-season and you said that you wanted to create an environment for young riders to feel safe and stable. And that's exactly what Richard was saying. Do you feel that that, that side of it for the riders, because I know that that's obviously a big interest of yours, having been one, uh, to get that right. Do you feel like that's coming? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, with, uh, with the new KTM Cup, uh, I think we've just had our third event. We had 30 riders out there. We had uh, 12 guys racing for the lead. It was, a, it was a safe environment as we as we wanted, and these guys are racing hard. So uh, we created a, a platform where the young guys can come and race in our series. So this is working well. I heard you talking to Barry Boone on his show about the manufacturers, and everybody talks about that when it comes to a series. What inklings have you got from other manufacturers of the interest that you guys have created in year one? Well, we're obviously talking to all of them. Um, you know, we Honda come back on board this year. Yamaha has always been there, and so is Suzuki. Uh, Kawasaki's talking to us about next year, so they uh, they like what we've done. I think our uh, making our rules the way that they are has uh, really stabilized our, our series, and this is why more manufacturers uh, want to be uh, want to be a part of this. So you know, Ducati's there, BMW's there, so um, we could have more than just the two that we got now in there. All right. Well, listen, guys, I don't want to keep you off to the airport. Laguna is next. But I do want to compliment both of you and Richard. I'll leave the last word to you. But there seems a vibe now about this series. The fans, the guys involved from the TV, whether it's Colin Edwards having some fun with the young kids or whatever. There's a vibe about this thing that is really going forward and positive. Well, yeah, I think so. Um, and I think it's because there is a real uh, desire on everyone's part to, to, to feel a part of it and feel a part of the growth. I think the whole paddock is aligned. I think that everyone is, is, is sharing a vision, and I think they're, they're sharing a way forward and a path forward. And I, and I think when you do that, you, you're in this all together, and as a result, there's a camaraderie that goes with it. And uh, I think that, that absolutely propels us even further ahead. It, it, it's more than just money. It's more than just the rules. It's about everybody really kind of pulling together because we're all doing better, and, and, it's, and it's a, there's a real sense of accomplishment throughout the paddock, I think. Well, guys, thanks for talking to us. I know you got to catch a flight, so uh, we'll see you at Laguna. Thank okay, as we continue to wrap up the Miller weekend, no better person to turn to than Colin Edwards. Um, Colin, you've been watching it pretty closely. Uh, I don't think we can get any further away than the, 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 the performance of the weekend had to be J.D. Beach. Um, and you said to me right at the beginning of the season that you're looking for somebody to step up from this championship and really, you know, ring it by the neck. And, and J.D.'s doing that. Absolutely. You know, I mean... You know, we want our guys to go to the world stage, you know, if that be World Superbike, MotoGP. Um, um, not to be Debbie Downer, but, you know, what Josh Heron, I don't know all the circumstances, you know, as far as team and bike and what problems he might have had. But we can't afford to do that again. Um, if somebody's going to come from here, they need to be on it and uh, and pushing hard. And that's what I've been waiting to see, somebody that can – you know, take the initiative, step up, and push hard every lap, and doesn't matter what the lead is. You know, if you beat somebody by half a second, that just tells me you're both the same speed. Yeah, it's interesting you use that Heron example because you're right that it was a disaster. He'll 
be the first to admit it. But I'm thinking about your path. Um, you know, you won the AMA. You were the, the hot shoe at the time. But you went World Superbikes and then on to MotoGP. And do you think that could be, in some ways, a better route for some of these youngsters just because the competition may not be as strong? Whereas if you go straight into Moto2, as Heron did, you know, it's a baptism of fire that you may or may not get out of alive. Yeah, I, I 100% agree, you know. I mean, going from club level to national level, you would go, wow, everybody's fast. And then when you go national to world superbike level, um, I mean, it was a, a trip on how fast everybody was. And then, again, going from world superbike uh, to MotoGP, it's a completely different echelon of, of people that you're dealing with. So, yeah, to go over to world superbike, I think, is a... It's not a bad step. I mean, in my own career, I stayed there too long uh, as far as to go to MotoGP. But, you know, yeah, for a stepping stone, it's it's definitely worthwhile. And timing is everything. I mean, as you say, you may have taken too, too long. Some guys go too early, and we see it all the time. There's, there's a lot of talent out there. None of the guys on the grid, let's be clear about this, uh, have got no talent they're all very very talented but the timing in this sport is the key uh it's having the right package there are only so many winning bikes and god if anybody knows that it's you um and it's it's just it's the timing isn't it it is you know a lot of it is it's a team effort i mean bike everything combined uh rider uh, one of the biggest most important things that we do not discuss often enough is when the when the rider's head is right mm-hmm. and that that's the thing when when you get a rider that believes and starts to understand that he is a badass um that's when you want him that's when you want to push him a little bit further and show him what the next level is um if you got somebody sitting around that believes he's a badass and running two seconds off the pace <laughs> uh you know <laughs> that that's completely different but you got to find that guy that's willing to push it uh, as JD did, and he just, you know, he pulled a second a lap on those guys in that second race, and he didn't care that he had a five-second lead. He wanted a ten-second lead and just kept going, and that's, that's what I'm waiting to see. I think that's also what I'm enjoying about what's happening in Superbike right now. Everybody talked about Cameron Bobier at the beginning of the season, and quite rightly so, but what's happened is that Josh Hayes is keeping him honest, and Hayes is enjoying it. In other words, I, I heard his interview with you. He said, you know what? I'm not worried about the championship. I just want to keep winning, and hey, I can come back next year uh, you know, and so he's almost sort of saying to Bobier, "If you want to go on to the next level, you just got to beat me." <laughs> yeah, more or less. And you know, he's the, the wily fox. You know, <laughs> he's been around. He's done this for a number of years, and he, um, like he said, he's not going to give it to him uh, in no way, shape, or form. And which is a good thing for all of us. It's absolutely a good thing. It's up to Cameron to take it, uh, and if he takes it and he beats Josh by half a second. I'm still not impressed. That doesn't uh, that doesn't make me believe or understand that we have somebody that is head and shoulders clear, needs to go over to Europe and and is ready. I'm I'm looking for the guy that wants to destroy everybody. You know, you think you think Marquez wants to beat Rossi by half a second? Hell no. He wants to he wants to crush him. So he has two weeks to think about how bad he just got his ass beat. You know, and play with his brain. And that's uh, that's what I want to see. 
Now, listen, I know you came live on the radio show, but this is our podcast, and I just want to get your take again. A lot of a lot has been said, and a lot of water has gone on the bridge since Sunday uh, and the Assen uh, race. But of all the people who can who can uh, attest to what it is uh, to win or lose or be in the gravel at that last corner, it's Colin Edwards because it's happened to you. Um, again, your thoughts on, effectively, now the dust has settled on that incident, which was, without doubt, the most controversial incident of this season. Yeah, I mean, you know that you know Marquez is coming up. You don't. It doesn't <laughs> matter who's in front of him. Uh, you, you know, you know if you got Marquez behind you, he's going to try and make a move there. Just absolutely one hundred percent given. Um, and Valentino being Valentino, um, and you know, I had said it. I think on Sunday to you, just in passing, I was like, that wasn't an accident. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, he he had a plan, and yeah. uh, and the plan was. If you ask me, uh, this is not 100% certain. He didn't tell me this, but if Marquez touches me, I'm going straight. Yeah. You know, and this is instead of uh, instead of both of them crashing and going down or whatever, easiest way to fend off Marquez is just to get away from him yeah. as soon as he touches you, and he knows that. So uh, I wouldn't say it was necessarily planned. But You I, can't plan it, You surely. can't plan that, no. But I think... But it's being ready. Uh, it's being ready. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and there's a wonderful still shot of him upright with both hands, you know, keeping that bike straight. Because you've been in that gravel trap, and you know if you're in any gravel trap, yeah. the ability to keep the bike going forward and not swerving into the gravel or getting stuck by accelerating too quickly yeah. can cause problems. What he did was stay light, stay upright, and stay focused to keep going and that actually is is actually more of a skill I thought in terms of getting through that gravel trap than anything else well I mean if you think of the gravel trap like uh, like a kneeboard on water you mm-hmm. know if you're going slow you're going to sink into it the faster you go the, the, the higher you're going to get up on top of the water and that's how the gravel is and he knew it uh, you know you saw him kind of preload the front pop <laughs> a wheelie into the gravel and accelerate and just stay light across the rocks and, and it worked out so and like I said, I'm not saying it was planned. There's no way you could plan that. But if it was going to happen, I think he had an escape clause. i got another kind of flip side. Let's go back to the American Championship. We just talked about Bobier. What about other side of the, the fence, so to speak, Joe Roberts? Obviously, he's killing it in the super stock class and 600s. And some would argue that he should actually really be in super sport. And I would like to say or like to see him perhaps for the super bike race uh, at Laguna where the big boys are coming for him to go and, you know, maybe maybe do something different. But I don't know, just to, because he needs to showcase himself. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, right now he's got Richie Escalante that uh, I think, Joe, when we started this year, I think everybody had the opinion that he should win every race. I mean, he's I think by far the most experienced guy out there. Um, and Richie, you know, he's been there and pushing him. And uh, so I, I don't really know. I, I would like to, and you know, I don't know 100% the differences between the super sport mm. and the super stock. And is there three seconds in a lap time, you know, I'm, between those Well, his bikes. lap times are certainly equivalent of a top five, top six in the super sport. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'd like to see him showcase in front of the world championship in the Emoto America actual super sport championship against Josh Heron and against these guys because because at least then we'll get a better benchmark as to, you know, how good he is. Yeah, I mean, at that same, you know, flip of the coin, I mean, it's a, if he does do that, it's a bike that he hadn't been riding all year, yeah, so yeah, you can't yeah. really sit there and judge on one event. I think it's going to take him actually finishing this year, jumping up a class, and then we'll see more next year. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I think he's 
he's a great writer. He's an absolute great writer. In order to become better, you've got to be pushed. Mm. Last but not least, uh, the KTM Cup. The, they continue to uh, be the entertainment factor of the of the weekend, in my opinion. Uh, but great result, finally, for Braden Ort, who's been so close uh, to winning a KTM Cup race. And he's finally done it for Canada and his family, who have been supporting him throughout. Uh, great result for him, but a, but a well-taken victory, too. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I, I mean... He's just, Braden's just a cool kid. Uh, family's awesome. And it just reminds me so much of back in the day, you know, when you're just starting out and everything's fresh and you're getting going and you're winning your races. And it uh, it kind of brings me back through the memories. But he, um, he rode a fantastic race. Uh, and there was a lot less of that cat and mouse thing going on, you know, that kind of happened over... Uh, the last few races and he he got out in front and just said you know what i'm gonna put my head down and if somebody wants to come by they can and uh fortunate for him that nobody got around him. what i also liked was the press conference because you and i were both there we had a couple of questions ourselves but what i liked was the way he handled the media not just uh you know the assembly but the way he kind his demeanor he had a touch of the edwards with the media and let's face it you'd, you'd be the first to admit it's been a huge part of your career has been your response to the media and how they respond to you and it does play a part in today's modern day racing absolutely uh 100% and you know, I think I think Braden. Uh, you know, when I was growing, coming through into it, I, I just wanted everybody to know who I was. Mm-hmm. This is just me, so I just spoke the truth and whatever was on my brain, um, instead of worrying about thanking, thanking my boot sponsor and helmet. So you know, I mean, that was all. They they should just know that. Um, that Braden, yeah, he was definitely just straight off the cuff. You know, they asked him a question and he had an answer for it, and and that's really. Was he seventeen? He's fifty or fifteen. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's surprising, and that's that's good for him. All right. Well, uh, Moto America on to Laguna Seca. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? As we look ahead, this is if we culminate it uh, in all the rounds that have been starting at uh, in Circuit of the Americas, where nobody knew anything about Moto America, and, and it was all just starting. But now we head a little bit more watertight, if you like, as a championship and the riders a little bit more race craft to them and race uh, time. Uh, and now we're going to be put in front of the guys that matter, which is the World Championship and Dorna as well. So this is a chance to shine, isn't it? And if that would that be if you were riding a way to look at it yeah 100 percent um you know you, you can never uh, downplay that, that that scenery you know when you're there and you got all the big teams and all the big bosses there and, and you might be a sideline act but at the end of the day it's still entertainment and the guys are still going to watch so it um it'll be good for them and i think you know to see who steps up and who decides to uh to get with the program it'll be interesting and laguna great track and of course great memories it's you you know laguna has it can be it can be one or two things <laughs> i mean it, it can be a complete domination fest on whoever has their bike set up right whoever's feeling it that weekend um at the same time if if you got two guys that haven't got it quite right it could they could duke it out to the to the finish so it, uh, I don't know, we'll wait and see, and we know there's going to be nice weather and good food and good people, and uh, it's going to be a great weekend. Sounds perfect. Join us on the 17th to the 19th of July. My thanks to Colin Edwards. That's the bike show on Speed City this week. We'll be back with more next time out.